right, welcome into the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I'm one half of your host, Brofoy Crypto. I have here with me, as always, my friend and co-host, Crypto Ewok. We have got a great show for you tonight because once again, Richard Hart, the devs, whoever had to do it to us, we have a big piece of news right before we go on air. We literally had V3 announced right before we went on the air, whenever that came out. V4 testnet of Pulse Chain just announced about, well, not announced, but it seems to be live as about an hour ago. So we got that. <laughs> we didn't have that planned. It wasn't in the thumbnail, wasn't in the title, and uh, it uh, came out. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, as you can see in the thumbnail. Um, crypto, Congress, Gary Gensler, SEC, people want Gary out. Is it going to happen? We hope so. We're going to find out. Uh, in a matter of weeks, I think, probably. But Ewok, I will welcome you in. How are you feeling tonight? We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Thanks for the welcome. I'm feeling good. It's, uh, you know, weather is getting nice outside. Lots of uh, reason to be in a good mood. V4, we think it's released. Not an official announcement yet, but uh, yeah. seems to be working. And yeah, lots of cool stuff. It does seem to be working. Uh, there is also already ratio stuff going on. I saw it look like when it launched, it was just a regular one-to-one -one ratio, and it's already all jacked up because people got in there and started messing around. So, um, yeah, we've got what looks to be Testnet version 4 live. Does that excite you? Are you cynical? I don't mean you, Ewok, but the, to the viewer. Does that excite you? Are you just cynical at this point? You don't really care? Um I understand both ways. So, you know, whatever. I mean, it's uh, something that we're going to get into. If you are here right now and enjoying the stream, we just got to go and hit the like, sub to the channel you're watching on. I am Broke Boy Crypto. That is Crypto Ewok. We do this every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States. But let's get right into it. We got a lot going on. Pulse Chain V4 will be coming up. Don't worry. We're going to get there for sure. But we really want to tackle some of this crazy stuff that we saw at a Congress this week, because it, it's been awesome. Uh, the SEC, Gary Gensler in front of uh, the house and um, a lot of people really holding him to the flame. So we're going to get there starting out with where the market is right now, a healthy pullback actually for the first time in some time, we've had just a very positive price action on Bitcoin in the greater crypto market for a while now. It's been uh, good month two months or so here at this point but a nice healthy pullback today and anybody that is stressed out by this uh wow we're actually under 29k for bitcoin now so um down towards one of those big support levels uh, at about i'm seeing about 28.8 right now but i'm sure it'll fluctuate um eth sitting at about 1940 still looking strong hex we're gonna get into that price action because it's been crazily violent over the last hour it went from the low sixes to the low sevens and now in the middle already again at about 6.8 yep. so yeah stuff flying all over the place but a big pullback not a big pullback but a modest pullback as far as crypto goes in the market overall over the last 24 hours or so ewok and i want to get your take on this because you know if you anyone out there if you have been a bull and you've been excited to get into this market and you've been seeing all of the positive signs over the last few weeks um, you should be buying here. You know, no, I'm not telling you to do that. It's not ever financial advice, folks. But, um, you know, if, if you're a bull, this should excite you. And uh, I am excited. I'm not going to say to what level or what's going on, maybe at any anywhere on my person or anything like that. But I am excited. Uh, definitely want to get some buy orders in. 
Uh, gas prices in Guay kind of making that a little bit tough for some things, which we'll get to, I'm sure, too. But Ewok, tell me about this dip. Um, are you still kind of with me in our, you know, ma mostly bullish sentiment and that we're in a new cycle and everything? What do you feel about this change in the market, seeing a little bit of red? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mostly bull. I like, like I had been saying, though, I the corrections and pullbacks are in the game. So, um, you know, yeah, that gas does make it rough for people that are trying to pick up some hex at some, you know, discounts. It's, it's, uh, what it's 65 right now. So it, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty rough and, uh, you know, kind of stick with it, wait for a, a slower time. But yeah, these pullbacks are, are natural. Um, we talked about it last week a little bit too. You know, there's going to be some corrections that happen. Anytime things go up like that, they're going to pull back and correct. It's actually healthy and mm -hmm. a good thing that it happens. So, you know, the red candle days are the ones that you want to DCA on. And if it goes lower and, and keeps going a little bit lower, then, you know, it's a very good opportunity. You know, we usually do have one final capitulation before things actually take off. And, you know, as we've discussed that 2023 could be a very sideways, very choppy type year anyway. So, you know, we could see this for, for, for months back and forth um, un until we do get that final capitulation candle that goes down uh, and then it just takes off and there's no looking back. And that's when you can kind of throw a dart <laughs> at any coin and, you know, make some profits. But, you know, you have to be buying at, at those levels before you can, you know, realize some of those gains. Definitely, yes. And um, yeah, we have been saying that as bullish as things have been for the last four to six weeks or so, yeah, you're going to get these pullbacks and it, it is healthy for sure. Um, this 28 area is, again, a, a, a kind of a catalyst. We talked about that area a lot as far as Bitcoin hitting it on the way up and finding it as support. So now we're testing it. And hey, that may not even be the end of it. And, you know, you got to remember that these things don't just move always violently necessarily. We could see dips to 26 to 25, maybe even 24 again. I'm inclined to think probably not that far below there at any point this year. That, that's just how I'm feeling right now. But this, this is definitely a good pullback. So, you know, anything that you're interested in buying out there, um, you know, certainly got my blessing. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in doing so. Um, which chart do you have up here now? I didn't notice that you... Oh, okay. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Okay. okay. No, so, yeah, what are you seeing? At I mean, what do you levels. think? Yeah, yeah just, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, you're right. So it did bounce pretty much the wicked down. I mean, you can see the wick down to that level that I drew. Um, mm -hmm. And then it kind of bounced back up. And, you know, we'll have to see what happens with this one. You get a couple red candles and, and it could trickle down to the, the 25, right in 25, 100 area. Um, in, in this next one, sometimes these these uh, moving averages. So this is the fifty moving average. You know, sometimes we catch a bounce on there. If it doesn't, you know, this this one down here is the two hundred moving average, which that's pushing it. I mean, you know, as as time goes on, this one will kind of catch up as well. Yeah. But things always seem to hit that two hundred. Like you can see it here. Yeah, how it's it uncanny. came down and it boom bounced right back up. So it often does find that 200-day moving average, and uh, you know we'll see how it happens. But like I said, as time goes on, this average will come up because of the price rise. It's just a lot longer, 
of, of a slope because of the 200 day average. You know, you're averaging a lot of days where the 50 is a little bit more concentrated. So, you know, I could see it mm-hmm. bouncing around in here at some point, final capitulation, and then, you know, look out, look out Loretta. Look out Loretta. Yeah. And um, yeah, those longer term trend lines are always not longer term in terms of years anyway, but the better part of a year, I mean, are definitely good ones to look out for. And it's a good point that you made there too, Ewok, because, you know, for a long time, um, I'd say up until sometime in March, that key word you just said there, the final capitulation, you know, that had been synonymous, I think, for a lot of people with new lows, new bear market lows. That's out the window for most people, I think, that are rational at this point. And, and all I mean by that is like, I'm not... It's not like a feeling thing or anything. It's it's like we're looking at right here and what you just pointed out, Ewok, like looking at even basic technical analysis like this, the thing the you know, things that are changing on the macro levels and things like that, you know, I, I think new lows for what I don't even think there that's anything to talk about now because I don't think we're in that market anymore. I think it literally would be a black swan event, um, however you want to define that, for anything like that to happen. Um, like I said, I, I, I think there's a chance we could not go below even 24 again. I, I almost am certain about around 20. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, either way, it is it's it is healthy, like you said, to have these pullbacks. And if you are, you know, wanting to continue to accumulate in this, as we've been saying, year of accumulation in 2023, this is a good time to do it. So, Well, even the 200-day moving average is above 21 at this point. So... Mm-hmm. You know, it would take a very strong wick to get that underneath there. Um, you know, but the longer we stay in a bullish mentality, the more longs that are going to get placed, uh, the quicker it could drop down because mm-hmm. those longs then get uh, liquidated very fast. And what happens when you liquidate is you have to buy the new position or the, you have to buy the old position uh, to fill to fill your liquidation. So you know, or sell it, I should say, you have to sell the, you have to sell it. So it does kind of waterfall and and cascade on, on multiple things happening. um, If there's a bunch of longs being placed and they happen to get, you know, liquidated out. So, yeah, for sure. So um, again, yeah, let's look at this as a good buying opportunity for sure on all your favorite assets. We've seen a lot of them dropping here at a good time to buy. And uh, I know I am doing so. So um, that's kind of the market update. We I, I want to keep that a little bit more brief tonight because we've got so many good meaty topics to get into. Remember, in a couple of weeks, if you care, we do have the next FOMC meeting. It's May 2nd and 3rd or 1st and 2nd or whatever. Um, so we'll see what they do there. I think we're probably going to get in the maybe final last 25 point rate hike who knows we'll kind of see how things go um but that you know keep in mind that's two weeks out we may see some volatility right around that time as well just like right now so um let's shift our attention so hey guys if you are here enjoying the stream so far hit the like sub to whatever channel you're watching on we very much appreciate it we're gonna get into this sec stuff so uh, (laughs) Twitter was a glorious place yesterday for crypto Twitter. Uh, you and I were DMing about it for a lot of the day. Um, it was just a, I think I said to you, like a highlight reel of Gary Gensler just getting flamed basically <laughs> um, on in Congress. And it was phenomenal. Um, in particular, we had, uh, and I even tried to take note of all these guys' names because I didn't hear of, well, one of them anyway. But um, I think it's, he's actually like the commissioner or whatever. Patrick McHenry was the bow tie guy that was kind of challenging him on, uh, 
is ETH a commodity or security? Right. Question we could not get answered. Yeah. Um, we had Warren Davidson, a new guy to me, and uh, I think to you, Ewok, that um, we haven't talked about before, but representative from Ohio who's trying to oust Gary Gensler and kind of reshape how the SEC is headed up. So we'll get to that. And of course, our old friend, who I never remember the first name of, um, Representative Emmer, I believe it's Tom, Tom, from Minnesota. Yeah, who's been the guy as far as crypto has gone. So I'm going to kick it over to you. Um, I think you saw pretty much all the videos that I did, if not more. What did you think generally of this? I was actually, and I'll even throw this out there first, because before all of this was taking place yesterday, we were also DMing and seeing the news with Bitrix, which... If you're watching this, I'm going to guess you have not had much experience using Bittrex, the exchange, um, but G Gensler and the SEC went after them, uh, basically did their same old song and dance where they don't really clearly define what rules are being broken and shut them down. Um, so give me your thoughts on that a little bit, Ewok, on the Bittrex thing, uh, what your experience was with it. I think I also bought some fairy dust of something there a few years ago. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll get into the kind of the more interesting Gensler stuff here. So Bitrix has been around for a while, um, very heavily used in the last bull market, I would say. I, I That's when I got an account. Um, and, and, you know, I've since moved everything out of mine. I had some dust in there. Um, the first notice I got was, well, we're removing these tokens, and I think they were Luna and some of the other ones, along with Monero, was another coin that they decided to delist and said, you know, if you have these assets, you got to move them out. Um, that went a couple weeks, and, so, you know, they gave you like a month to move it, and then, you know, all of a sudden, the other day, we see something say, well, hey, now we're going out of business. <laughs> You know, because right. the SEC decided to to send them, you know, one of their letters and and shut them down. So here we go, yet another exchange getting shut down by the SEC and their weird regulatory. You know, I don't even know what you want to call it at this point. It's just they're they're on a they're on a mission. They're on a mission to shut as many things down as they can. I think, um, and. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, that's about all there really is to talk about with Bitrix. But um, as for these meetings yesterday, I just, you know, my one hope is that it's not political theater. Um, I yeah, hope right. that they don't attack each other in front of the cameras and then they go off and shake each other's hands and laugh about it in the back, you know, in the back rooms. I we know how things work and we know how DC is sometimes. And, and that's kind of what happens um, often, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I hope they're serious. Um, I hope that these, uh, you know, plans of, of putting a group of, of people together and, and get rid of getting rid of the, just one chairman, you know, when you put the power in one person's hands like that, you know, that's what happens. Things like this, these crazy rules, uh, side deals with with SBF, um, favoritism, things like that. That's how it kind of slides through. Um, when you have a group of people making decisions, um, you know, you have a better chance of them being fair, thinking about multiple angles um, and what's best for the regulation of, of the whole space in general you know, as long as they're somewhat educated on the space to begin with. So, you know, just my ask and my hope is that, you know, it's not just 
like I said, political theater uh, that's taking place. I, I hope they're on the right path and, and and trying to get some of these guys out of there. So, yeah, and I concur completely. The political theater thing is the thing that I was thinking as well. And ever since Tom Emmer was really emerging as the pro crypto guy, you know, of the very few. Uh, politicians that seemingly want to keep this industry in this country instead of pushing it to our biggest enemies, uh, like Gary Gensler is a fan of doing. It, um, I, I, I heeded the same caution as you. I was just kind of like, well, is this real? Like, I, I, you know, we we all should be operating under the idea that politicians are snake oil salesmen. They're lying to us. I mean, I think that's the safest assumption that you could possibly make. I think like that's just being red pilled when it comes to viewing our government. I'm sorry. It's not our fault. I'm not really sorry, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how you have to look at it, I think. And uh, that's what I choose to do. I will say Tom Emmer definitely seems very educated on the topic, very he impassioned. Does. He's, I'd give him a, a uh, what I don't even know what these goddamn awards are. I almost said Grammy, but that's music. <laughs> but I would give him an Oscar for his, you know, acting uh, yeah. as far as understanding crypto for sure. Um, he came after Gensler yesterday. Let's start real quick, though, with the McHenry guy, the Bowtie guy, because that was the first big one that really made waves on Twitter. And right. it's because very plainly, point blank, over and over, at least I want to say four times, maybe like six plus, he had asked, is Ethereum a security or commodity? Yep. And he is not you know, stating whether... He is in favor of one side or the other. It's not about like um, what's going to benefit who or anything like that. It's just clarity. Question. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And wanting clarity. Like the, this is your organization. You don't provide, you're trying to protect everybody, but you don't even provide definitions anybody can yeah. understand. And you literally do not even answer the question to provide right. that clarity. So who are you protecting? Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you see that. And you hear a lot of these guys that are trying to start a business or, you know, they, they've attempted to do things by the book the right way. Um, they submit their paperwork and they never hear anything back. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's a circus. Um, speaking of clarity, you know, and then they don't have any. So they just proceed with, you know, whatever. And at that point, they say, you know, we would rather take the fine than to just mm -hmm. wait around you know they make enough money and to cover the fines so why not at that point you know it, like i said you, you know you said it too it's the clarity of all of it they ask questions and they they dance around it they don't want to give an answer because it could corner them into one thing or another and i i think you know, that's what they're afraid of. They asked about Ripple and he's like, oh, well, we can't discuss that because that's ongoing right now. Uh, of course. Um, yeah. But but yeah, the guy asked about Ethereum. I don't know. You're right. Four times, at least that I remember, too. Um, yeah. And he just he danced around it. He wouldn't say one way or the other. But, you know, he has said that 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 Bitcoin is not a security. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really think the changing from proof of work to proof of stake um, has kind of made them walk that fine line now, whether they right. don't want to say, uh, because I know they are going after proof of stake things a, a lot. Um, and any kind of staking 
mechanism. So, you know, that's one thing that Richard has, like I said, he's usually been a couple steps ahead um, and wanting to change it. Well, we're not staking anymore. We're actually mining. So, um, you know, for, for that reason. So, you know, well, yeah, it's just they've got to get on one page. They've got to make decisions and they're just afraid to do that. They're definitely afraid to do it. And it was just an embarrassment, I think, for Gensler. I mean, like, and, and even like I saw people pointing out like how he was literally shaking at answering the question. Like, yeah. you can see how nervous he was and everything. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, if uh, if he didn't cause um, so much, you know, unclarity and pain to people, I would I would say that I feel bad for him because. There's no way that guy is happy at the end of the day. I mean, I, I, you know, the the level of stress and to just live a lie like that, I don't know. It must be difficult, but hey, um, you know, he's hurting other people a lot more than himself. So um, I want to ask you this. So looking at some of the other people. So, okay, I want to talk about this Warren Davidson. So this guy's out of Ohio, um, Republican, of course, because what Democrat is going to support crypto. They've, you know, and I saw BitBoy say this the other day, who I'm not a fan of his theater either, to be honest. I'm just sick of him. And it's just kind of a me, me, me thing, I think. But he was talking about, um, you know, that, you know, this crypto shouldn't be bipartisan, but Democrats have made it bipartisan. And, and I agree, it shouldn't be bipartisan. But uh, everything is partisan now in this world and plain and simple um people on the right side of the aisle have said the things that show they're more in favor of freedom generally in terms of crypto and people on the left surprisingly aren't um so yeah, that that's just kind of where we are so these guys obviously are all going to be republicans but warren davidson out of ohio um, was the latest to say and bring up what you just alluded to, Ewok, was this idea of ousting Gary Gensler. And, and I like this idea. It's not just about sacking Gensler because he's bad for everybody, but it's also about a whole new setup to make more of a panel that somebody reports to and not some singular entity, uh, Mr. Burns, that, you know, makes all the calls. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what do you think of that? He's introducing some kind of legislation on it. I don't know if it will actually have any legs. I have no idea how you know, how far this could really go. But there is one thing is clear, you know, re regardless of anything now, I mean, we're a see and react and quick, get it in front of me and watch these quick videos. Like that's just where we are all at now. And regardless of this legislation, everybody saw Gensler looking the way he looked and not answering questions and looking like shit, basically on Twitter and all these other platforms yesterday. It's, it's bad. It's really yeah. bad. It looks really bad. Um, and I could definitely see him being out of a job in a matter of months, to be honest. I mean, it just well, looks really, really bad. So what do you think about so. this? What do you think about that proposition, though, uh, by Warren Davidson? Well, I like it. I, like I said earlier, I think that I think it makes a lot more sense. You know, you have a lot less collusion that way with one entity getting in with with somebody like Ensler. Um you know, I think we talked about this months ago when FTX went down, how Gensler was tied in with Caroline's dad from MIT. Um, so we yeah. know there was favoritism there. Um, you know, it just eliminates a lot of that. When you get a board of, of several people uh, making decisions, usually there's a lot more thought put into it. Um, you don't have one iron fist ruler who a lot of times just, you know, in, in Gensler's case doesn't make sense. Um, you know, they're leaving things legal ease to allow future, you know, restrictions and, and different 
um, ways to, to shut things off that they may not like or uh, that they can't get their grubby little fingers into, you know, with taxes or whatever it might be. Um, so they do leave a lot of open-ended things. And that's one of the reasons why, like I said, I don't think he answers a lot of questions um, because he doesn't want to paint himself into a corner um, yeah. for future whatever rulings that they might want to have. You know, that's just, um, I, I do like the idea. I like the idea of getting him out of there as quickly as possible too um, and get this rolling. Now with the, uh, w- with everything being, you know, Republican controlled at this point, I think that that could possibly go through. Um, not everything. The house. Well, not, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the house, but um, yeah. I believe they're the ones that propose this stuff. Right. Yeah, I so, believe so. We need a you know, civics lesson. Yeah. 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 I, I just, it's all a show half the time anyway. So, you know, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And then, of course, the other main character in this that's on our thumbnail is Tom Emmer. Like we mentioned, he's out of Minnesota. Um, really attacked Gensler, obviously, brought up the FTX stuff, challenged him on how many times he met with Sam Bankman-Fried, and to which, which Gensler said uh, two public records of me meeting with him. So, in other words, you've met with him more than that. Right. Um and referred he uh Tom Emmer referred to Gensler as an incompetent cop on the beat, which is a pretty <laughs> funny line. Yeah. And driving crypto out of the US. And that's the main concern here is like, yeah. you know, without uh, we don't want to speak on things that we're not as educated on. I, I don't believe in doing that. I think people look dumb when they do that, frankly. But like we we do know that there's a lot of uh politicians, mainly on the left in the last few years, that are stifling innovation, stifling free speech. And you don't want an innovation like crypto, which again, should not be partisan at all. It's for the sovereign individual. And, you know, people have to wake up and see that, but you do not want something like that pushed to these other countries, no. you know, where they're all again, ahead of us, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, he brought up clearly brought up China. He's like, people yes. are, are going to China because of the mistakes that we've made. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's one of our, our biggest competitors as far as technology anyway, uh, you give them this and it's just, it's terrible for any kind of adoption and any kind of growth, you know, it would be like shutting down websites before the dot-com bubble kind of started to take off, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it reeks of, of just dangerous, um, a precedence that could be set that we just, we don't want to see that at all. I agree. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, in terms of driving, I had another point with the driving crypto out of the U S but, uh, yeah, you don't want to see that happen. You would hope that our country would be a bastion of, so, Oh, I know what I was going to say. The Brian Armstrong Coinbase, And I, I don't know if you saw this, but the headline, I don't think totally matched what they were talking about, but they were exploring options abroad and yeah. looking at moving some of their stuff out of here because yeah, why not? I mean, like, I, I mean, we, how many people do you see too? I mean, people that have really made it in crypto that are, you know, fully retired, living off crypto, have no need to ever work again, um, living elsewhere or looking into living elsewhere just because of the tax code. Right. Um, you know, the, the increasing just fear, not that those people have to worry about, like, if you say the wrong thing at the job you work at, but just 
those kind of things as well. Um, but mainly taxes, you know, the pickpocketing and the not being left alone, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got a lot of people at this point moving to Puerto Rico for the, mm -hmm. for the tax haven, you know, um, but yeah, now you're going to see people just leaving the country <laughs> and, right. you know, going to places, you know, money always goes where it's treated best. It's, it's always been the case and it forever will be the case. Um, and if they don't start treating it right, um, and, and embracing it rather than pushing it away, you know, they're going to lose it all. So if Coinbase leaves the United States, look out. I mean, that could be a disaster right. which to be clear i don't think that is something that's actually in the plans um but i do think they're looking into resources elsewhere which they definitely should be doing as long as they don't get the support here and you know all we can do is like you said ewok i mean like i i we we have to operate from a cynical viewpoint when it comes to viewing our politicians that's just the way it is because they've made their own bed but it it's it's inspiring, hopefully, and I'm cautiously optimistic that there are people within Congress that sincerely are trying to back crypto here. Um, and yeah, I, I think Tom Emmer is one of them, and I, I think Warren Davidson has shown himself to be one as well. So yeah, there's a couple. Um, there's a couple. Uh, what's the guy from Texas? He's even like surprised. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has even supported somewhat. So you know, yeah, like, I've, I've heard that. I just I tend not to believe much of what yeah. he says, but yeah, I have heard what he said before. Yeah. Just there, there's a few of them out there. So, you know, hopefully we can plant the bug and, and pass the good word that, you know, th this is a good thing. Let's embrace it. And, and, you know, we can actually, if we do it right, taxing it would be an option. Otherwise, people are going to leave the country. We're not going to get any of it. You know, if they want to look right. at it at least that way. Um, yeah, right. Know, it could be major financial gains for the country that they would just be throwing out the window. So. Yeah. And like Tom Emmer, I heard say a couple of weeks ago on a Bankless podcast when he was a guest, he, you know, said elections have consequences and that's a good thing to remember. So, you yep. know, uh, <clears throat> vote for the side you feel like is is offering you more freedom. So we're going to transition out of this. But the Gensler stuff was definitely fun. Uh, if you haven't seen some of the clips, just man, hit up Twitter and just type in Gensler and have some fun. Uh, if you are here and enjoying the stream, hit the like. We very much appreciate it. We're going to get into some hex and pulse chain version testnet version four is now live no real official announcement it just appears to be live and we're going to get into it but you know i, I already kind of feel like i i don't know it, it just was this just happened again like an hour and a half two hours ago so we're kind of reacting to it and seeing how other people are reacting to it but some of the pre-written stuff regarding hex that i did have written down that i still do want to talk about here because this isn't mainnet this is still a test net and it's still the fourth test net um <laughs> which has been frustrating people not you or i or anybody who's not over leveraged or anything um but some people um have sand where it shouldn't be and they've been upset by this. So what I was going to talk about, and I still will because it happened, is I've just been generally noticing like a lot more negative hex comments um, on some of our videos and stuff like that. Like, you know, when we're just talking, you know, speculating about Pulse Chain or talking about hex or whatever it may be, just people uh, or RH is going to jail and, uh, um, you know, he's, he's a liar and uh, it's never going to come out and all this stuff. Like, and I guess that's just something that's going to happen the longer that something takes. 
Um, yeah. you know, and the and the fact that at that time, up until now, uh, version four of the test net was not out yet. Um, honestly, and earmuffs kids, uh, crypto seven, if you're watching, turn it off. Uh, Zen has been pumping, and that's ignited for some people who are weak in the knees at the sight of anything other than their favorite token to, you know, get their panties in the bunch again. So there's been a lot of like, oh, Zen's pumping, Hex is going down. And it's, it, it's, it reminded me of like December again. It was just like, dude, are you guys really this short sighted, you know, to, to like, oh, okay, now we're under seven cents again. And the next test net isn't out yet. It's just like, I wonder if these people have ever invested in anything. Like, have you ever invested in the stock market where you get like pretty much no returns and, you know, things are extremely slow moving? I don't know if it's because like Hex along with everything else is like 85% plus down still. I don't know what it is, but like, what's your main, you know, what do you think has led to this increased negativity? The price has been going down, screaming buy opportunity. Um, If you're not buying under seven cents right now, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think Ewok? Um, is it just, uh, you know, the actual main net not being out yet? I think it's that. I think it's the combination of people just tired of waiting. I, I think they don't have faith. Uh, but this is all cyclical. You know, when the people start to cry the loudest, uh, it always tends to just turn around on them and they get left behind. So it's, it's pretty funny how it does work that way. When you get people crying the hardest is, is when, you know, something little happens and they don't take advantage of it. Uh, and then it just rockets away from them. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, as, as pepper rock here said, July 15th, it'll be two years. Mm. Now that was the start of, the pulse chain sacrifice. So you can't really count that because what did you expect sacrifice to be over and have a product? Uh, True. You know, yeah. we, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but, you know, mid-May, it will be a year since the, for the first mid-May uh, announcement that we had that, that kind of fell through. But, you know, since then, a lot of things have happened. You know, we went away from forking Binance Smart Chain uh, back to Ethereum. Uh, then, you know, the merge happened and, you know, now we've had some, uh, uh, the, the Shanghai release. So there's been a lot of things that are playing into this. Um, and don't forget that, you know, Richard still could be timing a lot of things with the market. He doesn't feel that final capitulation has happened. You know, he's pretty good at reading the charts and, and knowing when those will take place. So, to get a, a proper launch at the pretty much bottom. Um, he's, he's no dummy. So, you know, I, I ignore the haters. I do see a lot more. I, I see what you're talking about though. Mm -hmm. More and more haters, more and more just negative comments. Um, I just laugh them off. I, I, I just skip right by them anymore. I, you know, I used to say my two cents when I would see them occasionally, but I don't even give it any time. Usually I just either mute or block the person anymore um, because, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> well, they're losers. I mean, like they have well, yeah. bottom line, they have a loser mentality. Like, you, you know, if you, if you own hex and you understand what that smart contract is and that you can stake it, uh, mine it for up to 15 years, um, 
what in the hell are you doing complaining right. about something? I, I just don't even. Oh, and one more thing. A lot of these people, you know, I look at them. I look at their followers and they may have 10, yeah. 17, something like that. And if anybody has under, you know, 200 followers or whatever, I really just don't even pay it any mind anymore. You know, if it's over that, then I look at what they're saying. I go back, I look at their profile and see how negative they've been. Sometimes people are just always unhappy. Right. Um, and they're That's keyboard meant, warriors. Yeah. And, and this will bring out that type of person. You know, when the price is up, everybody's happy. Um, and all that negative stuff kind of gets pushed under the rug with all the positivity, positivity that you see. You know, and unfortunately, right now, there isn't a whole lot of positivity. Uh, we're waiting. You know, we're playing that waiting game. People are just being content waiting. Well, most people um, and, and happy that they're doing things right. Um, but this gives the naysayers and the, the ne you know, the negative Nancy's uh, a chance to to be heard kind of because there isn't a whole lot going on. So mm -hmm. I think that's why we see more of it. Um, but again, I just pay it, pay it no mind, move on. Uh, we know, we know the, what's going to happen and, uh, well, you know, we don't have a crystal ball, but you know, we can clearly see that this is going to explode here when it, when it happens. So, right. Yeah. You got to stay long and strong. It you know, it, there's a reason it's difficult and that nobody can do it. Yeah. And, you know, people, that's the biggest mistake with some people, whether it's like in business or investing or whatever, most people cannot take the weight. They just cannot wait long enough to see something through. So if you are here and never left, despite everything that happened in 2022, in some way or another, you're going to win eventually. Yep. So Hats just, off just, to you. Exactly. Keep that in mind. And I do want to transition, or we're still going to stay on this topic, but you just alluded to exactly what I wanted to bring up, Ewok. An interesting comment that I have been seeing amongst all these, because you just mentioned about Richard, you know, having market timing and things like that. It's funny you say that because a lot of the comments that I've been seeing um, have been, if Pulse Chain is going to be so amazing, why does it matter when it comes out and why would he be timing the market? Um, I even saw a comment that specifically said, uh, Jeff Bezos didn't have to do that with Amazon, like if the product is so great. And my immediate response to that is okay number one those two things that that's just not even a valid argument i mean like comparing like a a real world you know 25 30 years ago uh product compared to a blockchain in 2023 i just don't think that's comparable but no. we're talking about crypto cycles here which are not exactly if you haven't noticed for the faint of heart they move and they're volatile why would you not want the most optimal release that you could possibly right. get I mean, yeah. yes, I do agree. Yeah, if it's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. I, I understand that. And yes, um, but why not put the cherry on top and release with the wind in your sails like we've talked about before? So what would your response be to that? Just, you know, that if Pulse Chain's so great, what hell, you could have launched it when FTX was up in flames, which, my <laughs> God, that'd be terrible. Like, right. why? Well, you know, it, this is going to launch at zero. Don't forget that. So the mm -hmm. gains are going to be pretty spectacular. Um, I think there will be a price point pretty quickly. Uh, you could see it go up and then we'll have that capitulation. But if the markets are strong, you know, there is a lot more upside than there is downside. So it just it helps the market overall. Richard has always bragged about the, the chart, the 10,000 X from the bottom. 
um, you know, he, he likes that. He likes the, the clout that goes with it. You know, he's not going to release something if things are still going down. He also wants the, the people that don't believe to sell, <laughs> you know, the, mm-hmm. the yeah. longer he waits, the more the lettuce hands are weeded out and, and they get rid of it and, and can't, you know, they may have to buy in higher. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I like about it is you're seeing a lot of people get fudded out and, mm-hmm. you know, those are people that can't sell what they have later. So, you know, I, I like that. And yeah, I mean, why not really set an optimal time? It just, it, it makes sense. So yeah, the people that, the people that are, are, are saying these things, like I said, they're, they're, they're usually just negative. They don't understand the cycles themselves. Um, and they don't understand what, you know, Richard has been all about this whole time. He's, he's in this for the glory. He wants the best looking charts. He wants the best product. He's not going to sacrifice, you know, putting it out early just to keep people happy. Um, it needs to be right. It needs to be done. And he will brag about it after the fact I guarantee it. Oh, he'll definitely brag about it. Yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. Like those little factoids that he throws out about like how well Hex has performed. Um, that's really his pride and joy because everything in crypto goes down. You know, we look at like all these failure blockchains that are failing all the time and are pumping dumps in one cycle and they're gone and stuff. And he wants to create stuff that is the antithesis of that. And it's so convenient that many of the big influencer channels want to censor that, don't acknowledge Hex, don't acknowledge Pulse Chain. Eventually they will capitulate, obviously, and they won't have a choice. But um, it's just interesting that it goes that way. You know, the yeah. stuff that's actually the best is more gate kept, you know. Um, I want to ask you because, you know, this negative price action on Hex, even, you know, now that we have seen the V4 release, I mean, we're really not out far enough to say anything fair. I don't think about the price right now, but it did pump up almost a full penny um, over the last couple hours and is sitting right under seven cents from what I'm looking at right now. Um Again, to me, as long as it's been below eight cents anyway, and especially below seven, I've been wanting to buy. But like I've said to you, I have been holding off because of gas prices, gas because fees. of what Gway has been right now. And yeah. I, I DM'd you earlier, and I was going to buy some over the weekend, and I even kind of scoffed when I saw Gway was at twenty seven. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for like something under twenty one of these nights here soon. I don't think I've seen under 50 since then. And probably on average, when I refresh, it's like been 65, 70. I saw it up over 100 multiple times today. Um, yeah, you probably here's just the, refreshed. I am well, here's the, here's the chart. Um, of oh, there you the, go. Yeah. So I, I use this page a lot. This is hex.vision. Um, nice. They do have, they have a gas page, a uh, gas prices page on there. Um, and they graph it out how, how it's been. And you can see, you know, this was, early 2 a.m. would have been what 10 p.m. our time last night it Mm -hmm. got down to 42 Uh, but that's about as low as it's gone you know wow it's crazy and and even right now it's 51 so it is kind of headed back down back down a little bit but who I, I haven't even really looked to see uh, what's consuming all the the gas you know the way I have no idea I haven't either. I know you um, 
uh, through the idea you were hating on the Zen boys and said it was Zen earlier uh, I was, today. I, was kidding. I, I know, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I honestly don't know. I, I have no idea because it's it's really, I mean, yeah, we're not like in the throes of the bear market anymore, but this is out of character. I mean, this is like very high the last couple of days. So um, I'm looking I, to see if I can find, I think it's on Etherscan if you. Um, yeah, it probably is. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm just looking at some of the recent transactions. I'll let you look and then you tell us. But what I was going to say is like, what I, what my strategy tends to be in times like this is when I want to buy a bag of hex at the price that it's at, and I'm combating these gas prices. I just try to, you know, any any spare change I can find over the course of the next few weeks, I just try to make one bigger buy order because I'm not really a fan yeah. of like spending you know, more money. And, you know, you got to remember right now too, that anything, as long as we are at these levels with hex, I mean, you're, well, I mean, this is true anytime before Paul's chain, but remember, you're not just getting it at the price you're getting it at, at an 85% discount or whatever. You're also getting a copy on Paul's chain. Um, yep. There's just a lot of incentive to getting hex at the depressed prices that it's at still right now. It's, I think the best buy you could possibly make. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to get some more, uh, spare change dry powder together did you find out what it is i saw something mm -hmm. about no i have transactions but um yeah i thought there was a thing on here that was like gas or resources uh gas charged. guzzlers or something yeah um, i don't um, see top statistics I'll yeah. see if I can find it. I, I actually, believe it or not, I think there is something also on that one Zen website. I forget what the actual address of it is, but uh, I'll check and see. I, I think it I think it actually does have like the activity on Etherscan or on yeah. ETH on there. There's so. a top statistics DEX activity. Uh, well, it just looks like Uniswap. Um, hmm. 921,000 transactions. Uh, oh, that's in the last seven days, though. Oh, okay. So, well, but still, you know, it's that's almost a million, almost a million transactions in the last seven days. That's uh, still pretty active. A lot of stuff know? going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, this is another reason, like, we're sitting here talking about Pulse Chain. This is a, the, you know, the reason that Richard Hart wanted to create this, obviously. Like, here we are, or I am at least anyway, um, and probably others hesitant to buy Hex because of where gas prices are right now. Yeah. And, you know, I know you can speak to this, Ewok, but your experiences with having to unstake in the Uber parts of the bull market. Um, yeah. I heard that Coffee was talking about it the other day, too. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Um, there were, you, you know, when when Hex launched, didn't have any idea. All we really heard was Hex is designed to, to you know, to 10,000x in under two and a half years. So a lot of us set some stakes for two and a half years, right? Because mm -hmm. just in case, well, when that two and a half years happened was the, you know, the, the height of the bull market, gas fees were crazy. Uh, some of my stakes from the early days that were just for that long uh, were $1,400 to unstake. So $1,400 worth of Ethereum at that point was, you know, was crazy. And it wasn't right. just one, there were several. So, you know, and if you don't unstake them at that point, when you said it was, you know, that you wanted to, uh, then they bleed out. So, you know, you had to, some of them were small, some of them like were, Again, I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. 
some of them were for a thousand hex or five thousand hex which weren't really you know that profitable at that point um so you had to really weigh the option of was it profitable enough to unstake um and then you kind of just had to think about well what's going to happen in five years um do i take the loss now uh to to get those and the yield it, it, hopefully it will be worth it in the next cycle so that's the you know decision that i had to make and yeah spent uh quite a bit of money i think it was over eighteen thousand dollars in 2022 and just unstaking fees so and and gas fees alone but you know yeah well part of part of doing business right part of doing business and uh it's not like you weren't in profit anyway so that's right but um it is a good reason uh the pulse chain is coming so yes let's you know i don't know how much there's going to really be to talk about here it's not like you and i have really had lots of time to delve into it and i can't imagine there's like tons of new stuff but what are your general thoughts on testnet v4 now actually being publicly available i will say it was pretty quickly publicly available after it was uh privately up and running so um what do you make of it i mean uh, up until the last updates that you knew what um tweaks maybe still needed to be made if any what do you make of this i mean like how many how many versions do you think we're gonna get um you know w- what's your overall idea of this uh well i do think v4 will be the the last i hope um but if it's not then there's a good reason for it uh we still haven't seen an official announcement from from rh so yeah you know but we're seeing all i'm looking on twitter right now i'm seeing all these different uh people that are listing the you know all the where is it at here? Yeah, all, all the different statistics for it. And um, yeah, looks like it's live as far as the uh, the Block Explorer, um, all of those. So uh, as far as updates go, I, I don't think there was a whole lot added to V4 other than uh, they did fix the mechanism for the validators. Um, I know when they were testing it originally, uh, they didn't like the payout, right? So they want to encourage people f- to be a validator um, and 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 run and operate a node, right? The more people that we have, the more secure the network is, the, the better it is. Um, and he didn't like the payout structure. It wasn't providing enough resources. Um, so that did require a hard fork. And that is why we got V4, uh, one of the big things. And then as they were doing that, shanghai launched as well now that is an eip so it can be added without a fork i'm I'm pretty sure i think a soft fork is all you really need um, to introduce that into the code so i I don't think they would have to do a a complete hard fork and and another v5 Um, but that was the main update that was done and that's you know what they wanted to take care of now that they're you know paying out better to the validators and uh showing some you, you know better numbers then i think uh, i think this should be it you know uh, we'll see if there's any other smaller updates but uh, the other update could be to pulse x but again that's a separate thing right that's a different code that can be launched on pulse chain 
So yeah, I really see this as being one of the the very last updates that there are. Um, and again, he's not giving any warning, so it, it could be you know, who knows? A couple of weeks if this runs flawlessly, we get pulse chain, and uh, I, I, you know, he said he wasn't going to give any more warnings. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You're muted. You're muted. My bad. There I just saw a tweet from a hexologist a few minutes ago that said, imagine uh, the V4 that was just released is actually Pulse Chain Mainnet, which would be pretty funny. I've heard a lot of people saying that, too, and I really yeah. just don't think that's going to be the case for the yeah. main reason of the validator updates. Um, but, yeah, I was seeing a lot of that, and everyone kept saying, what if this is it? What if this is it? He doesn't want to tell people because he thinks that they'll game the system and um yeah i i don't think i wouldn't he, be totally against it well i mean i, mean, I, I wouldn't would, be against it but i would be surprised though i would be surprised uh, but honestly like would you though like i mean i'd be surprised but i think in retrospect i'd be like well that was cagey you know what i mean like that's uh if you wanted to throw people off you definitely did um yeah but just everybody in there i don't know it's literally labeled like test version and if they're actually in there just you know, going right. crazy with ratio trading, thinking it isn't real. <laughs> and um, one of the, yeah, see, that's another thing too. You're going to have people that are fucking around in there. They're losing money, <laughs> um, which I know he doesn't want to do, but I'm pretty sure that they already reserved the number um, for the, there actually Johnny just showed up and said the same thing that I was thinking. RPC mm -hmm. 369 is reserved for mainnet. So oh, okay. I think we're at 943 for test this test net uh, version. I believe it was 943. I just saw um, a hollow dog tweeted out what it was. I'll, yeah. I'll check it, but I didn't realize that. So that's cool. But um, so Johnny, are you saying may launch or may launch? I, I, I think, I don't know. I think he's saying may launch, not yeah. may launch. Um, or he's he a, playing on he's you know playing on words maybe yeah I'm not sure but uh I was trying to check this damn RPC oh there it is um yeah I'm pretty sure yeah, it's 943 you're right 943 yeah. is the new one but yeah 369 is the reserved one for mainnet so we do know that at least there you go won't go good <laughs> <laughs> stuff from Johnny um. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, like, you know, it, it it's going to be interesting either way. Yeah, whenever the actual launch uh, happens here. But I, I I saw somebody tweet earlier, you know, this um could very easily be it and just a couple of more weeks from now. But obviously, that's what people have been saying forever. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm ready for anything. And I think that's the same attitude that everybody should be carrying, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah i still think mid-may you know the original last year's estimate of mid-may could uh very well play out i don't know if you saw yeah. the meme with richard and hexo uh where he says i thought you said mid-may and he says always has been like with yeah the, have you seen that <laughs> yeah 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 may is may that's all yeah. we knew so um yeah so i guess that really covers everything we need to talk about with v4 I, again at, just like last time with v3 i mean we're only a couple hours removed from this happening so there's not tons and tons of react to, to react to but i'm sure in the coming days we will see more um but let's finish off with this and uh if you guys are still here and enjoying the stream hit the like we appreciate you stopping in and chatting it up with us 
We've pushed this topic off, well, for a week anyway, because we just went so long last week. But I find it to be really interesting, and it's something that we do need to prepare ourselves for. Like We are not in you know, the heated up portion of a bull market yet. I think we've got at least a year to a year and a half before we're really feeling those vibes. But things are better. We're in this accumulation year of 2023. And Ewok and I were talking about this concept. This is a good evergreen conversation. So this is one, this is what pisses me off sometimes about my channel and creating content on YouTube is the stuff that actually is the good meat that you want people to watch. That is good. Like I said, good evergreen strategy that would interest me is not the stuff they really care about. They just want to see a thumbnail that says hex to a dollar 80. You know, you know, it's just <laughs> this is not the stuff that they want to see. But I'm telling you, this is what you want to pay attention to. So the psychology of these two things. So we just came out of a horrendous bear market where all we did was talk about how difficult it is psychologically to buy the lows. It doesn't feel good. It feels nasty. It feels scary. You feel like you're buying a falling knife, you know, and you don't want it to go lower right after you buy. Um, and just the psychology behind that. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the emotions you need to overcome to do that. But what we haven't talked a lot about and what Ewok admitted, and I will definitely admit as well, that it's actually way tougher for him um, as well as me to sell and the euphoria, like that, that psychology, the difference between I, 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 I get excited by lower prices to buy. It's not hard for me to buy the dip. I can easily get into that headspace. But why is that psychology so different than when things are at a fever pitch? We've got Matt Damon, um, you know, commercials again. We've got uh, the you know, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh for the Steelers being renamed, um, you know, we'll Back say Coinbase, whatever. I don't know. Um, stuff like that. When we're at the fever pitch. Why is it so hard to sell? And I'd like to hear your experiences with it, Ewok. And and you, you even said right now, as a, a veteran of this market in multiple cycles, it is still hard for you. So talk yeah. a little bit about how you overcome that and what your strategies are. So I, I think, so FOMO is a real thing, right? And when prices are going up, it's still the fear of missing out of it going higher. Um, but, we all know that every cycle has pullbacks. Um, you know, I think when Hex first started, there were so many people saying that this coin could just run forever uh, and do something totally opposite from what other coins are doing. Well, now we know that that's not the case. And when there is a bear market, it's going to react like other, other coins do. Um, I think it could slow down the trajectory of you know, the, the dips a lot faster. Uh, but we still know that hex is a, a pretty special thing because it makes more of your hex. Um, and selling that at any time is, is tough for me, uh, let alone when you, you think it's going to go higher. Uh, you, you know, it's just one of those things that no matter what I've been involved in, I've always had trouble getting rid of or taking profits at the top and i've always ended up riding it all the way back down um but now that we're in the product of hex it's a little different i i don't mind riding it back down because i know it's coming back on the next cycle for some of these other things that i was in and rode those down they never came back <laughs> so you know you learn those lessons the hard way um 
but here we are again with with a different thing um and, and yeah it's just really hard for for me to to separate um I, you know i know we've got a money printer essentially you know and at some point though you know you, you do need to take a little bit of profit at the top um and even just put it aside because you know it will pull back um, and when that happens then you can get more of that that thing now staking it kind of prevents you from doing that right so you can't take too much profit if you're fully staked um only the ones that are the trader mentality uh get to sacrifice that for uh not staking right they have the luxury of having liquid uh but i don't really call it a luxury i, th I think it's um I, I would rather make more of what i've got and occasionally peel a little bit of interest off restake um and, and cash out along the way I, I think you know i haven't done a whole lot of that since you know a little bit here and there but uh, nothing major but yeah, the, this it really just messes with you, knowing that it, it could go a lot higher, um, and, and you're giving away pennies for dollars. Eventually, um, it's tough. So, what do you? Um, I, I guess what strategy are you going to employ? <laughs> I could possibly change until we get there, right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think that people need to be really conscious about taking profits and, you know, not that, you know, we're certainly not here just for like piddly gains. You don't just want to sell on like a two X or three X. And when I say that, I'm saying sell like the whole bag of whatever token you're invested in. Um, I don't think there's any issue with on the way up here and there scalping some off the top because this is such a volatile market. Like for example, um, now, Hindsight's 2020. I'm just giving a recent example with Hex that you could have done. But whenever it ran the whole way up to 12, almost 13 cents, we were live on the air because I think that was probably the last test net announcement. Um, you know, if you would have sold into that or sold over 10 cents with an anticipation to buy back lower again, maybe when we retested seven or eight or something like that. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you have to decide for your, that can't be a whim type thing. That can't be like, you know, you need to know the areas on the chart where there's resistance beforehand. Like for everything I'm invested in right now, I have, since we're so far off of all time highs, all, everything marked down, like all the support points. So I know like an environment to sell into that could be conducive to me, but you also want to know, like, are you, you I'm not selling my whole bag when I do that or anything. That might just be like a little bit, again, of de-risking temporarily. When you do that, are you doing it with just your original principle maybe that you bought on? Are you doing it with 20% of whatever the bag is? I can't tell you that. You know, only you can decide how that's going to work for you. But, but again, have the plan ready. Like you have to have it literally like written down, knowing what you're going to do on the way up as the price ladders up there. So um, I do think it's imperative to take profits on the way up. But remember, again, this is all up to you, but are you here to like get some quick gains or are you here to like totally change your life? Because if that's what you're trying to do, I mean, hodl, you know, you just got to wait until we're at the top of the next market. And again, with Hex, because it's a special thing, the one thing 
you didn't quite say Ewok that I thought you were going to say. I mean, yeah, it is a money printer, but that's that's the other reason that on the way down or before it's going to go back down, maybe you're not feeling as aggressive about selling because you know that you're getting, you know, 15 to 40-ish percent APY or something like that yeah. on whatever your stake may be. So it does soften that blow. Trust me, if you ever have had anything staked, um, you know, and I'm like, even like my uh, polka dot that I hold in the fearless wallet, like just seeing those free tokens build up on the side is definitely a help when the prices are going down, yeah. but you've got to have a plan um, in the beginning. And with hex, I know you are somebody Ewok who's like totally staked out. I know there's a lot of hexagons out there that are like 90 plus percent of their portfolio is staked out. I am not one of them. I'm more like 50, 50 type of strategy. And, um, that is because I do want to have flexibility like that towards the top. It has nothing to do with like not believing in hex or anything like that. It's just purely hedging my bets. You know, I, I I'm earning an APY on one of them and I know that this market is volatile. I fully expect hex to come back in this bull cycle and the next bull cycle and all that. But I I'd like to be able to play it in a couple of different ways. And it's not just hex. It's like my other crypto holdings as well. So yeah, for me, the biggest thing is no matter what, figure out what your different plan possibilities are and absolutely have one in advance and follow it, or you are going to get wrecked. Like you are, <laughs> you're going to make a bad decision. Yeah. You're well, the, psycho the, the psychology will do that to you and you'll make, you'll make decisions that are just on a whim um, instead of thinking it through. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you should definitely have a plan. My plan is to, you know, as they come out, decide then what I want to do. You know, if, if I want to take some profit, I can, if I want to restake all of it and wait till the next month, um, I can do that too. So, you know, it, again, it's good to have options and I really want to set up for my kids generational wealth more than anything. Um, I'm not so worried about myself. I, you know, want to have some nicer things, you know, get a, you got to so, Lambo out before you give anything to the kids. Well, I mean, yeah, on, yeah. Well, here. you know, I did yeah. buy a new truck. Come on, give me a break. There you go. Honestly, dude, I, you know what? Well, I don't want to get sidetracked with that yet. I think Lambos are <laughs> overrated. I, yeah. I think Lambos are overrated. I It's kind of clownish to me. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, I'm not really that into it. But I think um, I would rent one before I bought one because if you've ever had to take it in and get new tires or have an oil change. Right. Um, you know, you get serious at that point because you're talking several thousand dollar oil change. It's right. not, not, not a fun time at the uh, at the dealership. Plus, there's other fast cars out there that just don't look as clowny. You know, I just yeah. don't want to look, uh, I don't know. I just think they're a little bit much. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to, you want that generational wealth. And like, if, if that's you and that's where you are, you know, don't wuss out and be taking profits earlier than you should be. But I, honestly, I think people that are really hard into crypto are probably more guilty of what we are talking about here. And that's not taking profits or not having a plan in place. So remember to do it. You know, obviously you and I were never invested in Terra Luna, but there are Terra Lunas of the world that will come around every bull cycle. Maybe not something exactly like that. Um, and if you stray into something like that, I mean, there were many reasons that both of us weren't invested in that. I mean, I looked deep into it. I, I, I liked certain aspects of it, but ultimately decided never to put anything there. 
And I'm thankful for that, but you know, I, I don't know, maybe I just as easily could have, but that's a reason to make sure to take profits when something is running hot. You know, there are people that didn't in that and their lives were ruined. I mean, yeah. I, I would argue that they made an even dumber decision before that by putting like as much as they did into it, if it really ruined their lives. But, yeah. um, yeah, well, you know, pennies in front of freight trains, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. luckily we've been in the Richard Hart camp and you know when you preach the the things that he does the first principles of do not give your money to middlemen uh it doesn't work out well it, it never works out well so you know luckily i'd never even looked at it so I, i'm just i'm thankful for that um and and yeah what we have here I, i've said it many times i'll say it again hex is is special uh, it does things that other coins don't do. Now, there are some other ones out there. Like you said, you know, I know you've got, um, what is it, Polkadot that, that trustlessly gives you interest as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm I, 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 my bags are packed, so I really don't have the need to go looking for something new. Um, and for me, it, you know, it goes back to what we were saying. I even have a hard time selling when it is high. So, yeah, you know. I'm glad I'm glad I'm staked out and I only get that opportunity when it comes along um, and I don't have to make that decision. So it's it's pretty easy now for me in that sense. Yeah. And maybe this is another good topic to table for another night, too. But like you were just talking about, like, what else I'm invested in, too. And it's really not very much. I mean, like, I, I literally think I have like maybe five tokens. And I think that that is a another good topic is like where. I actually made a couple of videos about this on the channel, but that like that diversity might be kind of a myth, you know, um, like spreading out. I actually think that's the dumbest thing you can do in crypto is like you look at some of these influencer portfolios or um, I know the Paul Barron network. If anybody has ever watched any of his stuff, he actually interviewed Richard Hart a few months ago, but um, <clears throat> and I'm not dissing him. I don't know what he actually holds, but he will have these like, 40 minute videos about like if you wanted to have the optimal game fi portfolio and it's got like 20 tokens and i'm like i mean that is a straight that is not good i mean that that's no. not going to lead you anywhere other than the poor house because like you're, you're never going to be able to keep track of it there's going to be all these different types of wallets game fi is just not that sturdy enough or anything yet to just be able to take that many bets i think you're basically looking at <clears throat> absolute maximum a handful of tokens that i would even give a second look at. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of people out there that want to do it. That's what the influencers do. They, you know, you look at BitBoy, a lot of them have like 20 tokens in their portfolio. They're all, you know, not to get into this whole thing again, but like heavily VC backed seed round type stuff, you know, that they bought for pennies on the dollar. So yeah. you, you just or, have to or be were given free and paid to talk about it. So that's another exactly. thing that you got to really watch out for know who's talking about it and uh were they paid to promote it to you so that they could dump it on your head later hey don't diss that too much because i just got that uh offer for an uh that mexi <laughs> or mxe mexc exchange uh right before we the air so yeah. i might have to might have to take that business there so well they listed um, they listed hex i believe on on mexi they did yeah yeah i know they did and i think um earmuffs zen actually was on there i think that was the first exchange it was on back when it launched i heard so yeah um some interesting stuff there but uh just kidding won't be taking any kind of deals like that obviously <laughs> but uh 
anyway, um, this was a good topic we wanted to get yeah. into. And, you know, we will broach it again when the market really does heat up. Um, it's important to understand when to take profits for sure. And hey, we've been talking since we've been blue in the face about when to buy whenever things are, you know, scary, you know, right. um, <laughs> shouldn't be well, much of a challenge at this point. People haven't listened to us. Well, uh, some people have. Uh, some people have been yeah. buying this time. There's a lot of people that don't listen. They think it's going to go lower. Um, I, I know I know Johnny talks about it all the time. He's like, he, we were telling people at two cents and they were waiting for a penny. And now they're never yeah. going to see a penny again. So yeah. it goes up to five cents. And they're like, oh, well, I'll wait till it dips back down to that, that two and a half cent. Well, that never happened either. Um, so... <laughs> You know, the ones that are DCIing in during those times, you know, like you said, you and I both know a lot different. It's easier to buy in the dips and, and have when you have faith in something like that. Um, yeah. Whereas people, there's a lot of people out there that have that psychological barrier where they just can't do it. Is it going to go lower? Is it going to go lower? I'm afraid to buy. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I get it on both both sides, but. And that's a good point, too, that you just reminded me of is like how many people were still calling for and it's not like they were far off, but like one cent hex. There was plenty, yeah. if you remember, oh, yeah. uh, half a penny hex. There was a lot of people talking about it going under a penny. And just remember, like this goes in both directions when it's super bearish and super bullish. The max pain or max euphoria result that a lot of people are talking about never comes like the half cent hex, the one penny hex never came one and a half was probably the level up above that. And we, you could basically say we hit that, I guess, but just right now preparing for the next bull run, you're going to hear 250,000 BTC. Hell, you heard it actually the last time around mm -hmm. by a couple of people. I think Yeah, we're not going to get to 250,000 BTC. I mean, I could say that with some, some confidence here at this point. And that would, you know, that could also mean we're not going to get to $5 and 50 cent hex either, which that's just the most bullish scenario. I mean, and you won't hear that in droves until, you know, Hex is, at, you know, a couple bucks or something like that. Right. But just remember, like, those crazy scenarios that you do hear um, rarely, rarely come true. And if you're starting to hear more and more people say it, get the hell out of the market. Like, just the other day, I don't know what this Pepe token is or whatever it is the other day, but apparently it went way up and it was up like 6,600%. And I had been hearing about it, whatever it is, some meme token. And then after I had been hearing about it and how much it was up, of all people, I saw Altcoin Daily tweet out something like, so what's up with this Pepe token? And you're like, right there, it's like, sell. Everything sell. you have, sell. Get yep. out of here, you know. Um, yep. And it's, of course, way down since then. But um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just once you're here, uh, even six months, I think you'll be able to like discern those things. That's just yeah. kind of the way this market goes. So, um, yep, yeah, yeah, sure. that was a good conversation, though. And it, uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Ewok, do you have any kind of final thoughts you want to leave everybody with? Well, I don't know what you're doing next week, but I won't be here for the Wednesday night stream. I don't know if you're going to have one or not. That'll be up to you, but um, yep. I will be back in two weeks and uh for our 50th episode correct it will yeah. be episode number 50 yeah i am still deciding on what to do next week we'll see if we whip out maybe a short stream or something like that um i will you know let everybody know what's going on but why don't you let or if you want to why don't you let everybody know why you're not gonna be here if you would like well the hex crew is obviously gonna yeah take a little 
cruise with all the the hexagons down in the Bahamas and uh, enjoy ourselves and and get some sun and you know some nice camaraderie for the week. It should be a good time. There you go. Um, maybe have a couple of libations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have yourself a little bit of fun. Sounds like it'll be a good time. I would just be here uh, alone and sad. And, uh, you know, I may, may whip some content together for everybody, but yeah, I mean, either way, the next time we're together, we will be, whoa, dog barking. Um, we will be on episode number 50. So a nice little accomplishment for us. Although we've been doing this for about a year and a half. Yeah. Year and a half at this point, but, uh, um, obviously got way more consistent in the last few months. So we're going to be here every week. So, um, yeah, so we will see Ewok back here in two weeks. I will be back here next week. We'll figure out what we're going to do for that. I won't, whatever I do, I won't call it episode 50 or anything. We'll save that for when Ewok <laughs> back. So, all right. He'll have fun on the Hex Cruise, of course. But uh, yeah, if you guys are new here, if you like this stream, like what we talk about, we tried to talk about some evergreen stuff there for you at the end. Hit the like. We very much appreciate it. Sub to the channel. We think you're going to like what you see, whether on, <clears throat> excuse me, Broke Boy Crypto channel or Crypto Ewok. And yes, we will be here again. Well, I anyway should be here next week. Uh, same time, same channel, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll definitely be back in two weeks time for episode number 50, where we'll probably review the new FOMC meeting taking place on May 2nd or something like that. And uh, we're going to have uh, another raid hike or whatever. We'll see what those clowns are doing at that time. But for Crypto Ewok, this has been Broke Boy Crypto. We'll catch you next week right here on the Creed of Crypto Podcast.